sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Well, last year, the big subject when it came to race and discrimination was, of course, racial injustice, Black Lives Matter. Anti-Semitism hasn't really been on the radar for most of us, but it may have come on the radar for some of us. So I've asked colleague Dr. Saba Sumet, who is the Associate Director of the American Jewish Committee here in Los Angeles, to take a few minutes and let's talk about anti-Semitism on the left and the right in American life. Welcome to Freedom's Ring, Dr. Sumas. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. And thank you for highlighting what, unfortunately, the American Jewish community has known for a very long time. Unfortunately, we haven't been surprised by all the anti-Semitism. Well, and, you know, it hasn't been on the radar for many, but let's start with anti-Semitism on the left. What forms do you see that taking? So anti-Semitism on the left is a lot more insidious than anti-Semitism on the right. When you're seeing anti-Semitism on the right, what you see and what you saw was what happened on January 6th at the Capitol with, you know, T-shirts that said six million is not enough. Camp Auschwitz t-shirts, etc. So that anti-Semitism is very obvious. It's the anti-Semitism of Poway and killing Jews in a synagogue in San Diego. And it's the anti-Semitism of what happened in Pittsburgh. The anti-Semitism that we find on the left is a lot more insidious because it comes from almost a social activist. I'm not anti-Jewish. I'm anti the creation of the state of Israel or for Jews to have a state of their own. And in that context, what we see is that Israel has become the collective Jew. So all of the anti-Semitic canards and tropes that the right appropriates that we have seen for centuries, where Jews, and most of this is coming out of a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, a false book in, from Russia that, according to the book, Jews wrote the book and Jews are out to gain power through the media. Jews are out to gain power through banking, etc., Hitler utilized the protocols in Mein Kampf. The protocols today are still one of the number one selling books in the Middle East, in Japan, etc. So even though it has been proven, especially by the Times of London, a couple of years after it came out to be a false book, that all those notions of what Jews are and the fact that they control the world, they control banking, they control the media, all of that has been placed out there. Now, literally uses it within the context of Jews. I mean... We apparently are responsible for causing the wildfires in in California with with I'm lasers. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it, but it's ridiculous and it's horrifying that someone who is an elected official would say that and people actually believe it. Um, but now when we're looking at it from the left, sophisticated enough to say that they don't say Jews are responsible for this, but what they say instead is Israel is responsible for all of this. So Israel has hypnotized the world. Um, the quote-unquote Jewish lobby is all about the Benjamins. Just in 2019, the New York Times came out with a horrific political cartoon of Benjamin Netanyahu as a dog leading Trump, who is blind, um, 
just, again, showing how Israel controls America, Israel controls the world, the media, the banking, all of this stuff. So that is what's utilized on the far left. And that those are the anti-Semitic tropes that they use. Now, those anti-Semitic tropes are not any different than what the right is using. They're the same exact thing, except it's disguised under the context of Israel hatred. Now, it's very important that I make this clear, Alan, for you and your audience. Criticizing Israel is not anti-Semitic. Israelis do it all the time. It makes for a vibrant... American Jews do it all the absolutely, time. Absolutely, and it makes for a vibrant democracy. We do not believe criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic. What becomes anti-Semitic is when you demonize Israel, when you delegitimize Israel, and when you apply double standards to the Jewish state that you do not apply to other countries. That's when that becomes anti-Semitic. So criticizing Israel is not anti-Semitic. Again, it's the demonization, what we call the three Ds, mm-hmm. the delegitimization and applying those double standards. That's when it becomes anti-Semitic. And that's when, for example, the boycott, divestment and sanction movement, BDS, that is anti-Semitic because it applies all three of those. And by the way, the people who started that movement, it's not some you know innocuous They believe in the eradication of the Jewish state. They don't believe in a two-stage solution. They don't believe that Jews have any historical ties to the Jewish state, to Israel. They believe in complete eradication of that state. And so that's why BDS is anti-Semitic. And a lot of activists on the far left utilize BDS and say really discriminatory things about Israel. And they will always say, no, 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 I'm not being anti-Semitic. I'm just anti-Israel. Well, denying Jews self-determination, that is anti-Semitic. I'm a Jew from the Middle East. Where in the world was my family and one million Jews who got kicked out of the Middle East after the creation of the state of Israel? Where were we supposed to go? That is exactly why Israel was needed. You had one million Jews who got kicked out of the Muslim world. Areas that we have lived in, again, I'm an Iranian Jew. I've for lived centuries. For centuries. Yeah. 2,700 years I've been living. My family's from Iran. We got kicked out. So where, you know, denying at that place where we have refuge and safety, that is anti-Semitic. Well, there's country after country in the Arab world that is essentially Judenrein, right? They have managed to expel, somehow, uh, drive out their entire Jewish population. I think Baghdad had a vibrant, vibrant Jewish prolific. community. And it's gone, right? Absolutely gone. There is one Jew left in Afghanistan. Um, Iran currently has the largest Jewish community in the Middle East. And that's not saying a lot because it went from 100,000 to maybe at most 10,000, the largest Jewish community in the Middle East outside of Israel, I should say. Mm. But the Jews within the Sunni Muslim world, all of them have left. Um, and if they weren't kicked out, the laws towards them were so discriminatory that they basically fled because they knew that um, living in the Muslim world post-creation of the state of Israel was very dangerous for them. Let me switch gears here for a minute because I do want to reserve a few minutes to talk about um, anti-Semitism on the right. And one of the things that's so striking to me as a Christian is on the one hand, we see Christian theology that I'll just put out there that I don't agree with that assigns a certain role to Israel and to Jews in the last days. And so you have a number of Christian leaders 
who profess great love for Israel and they lead lots of tours to Israel, etc., and are very strong supporters of Israel in American political circles. And yet at the same time, within conservative Christian circles, you have this, you know, maybe there's a, a love for Israel in as an idea or as a place, but a hatred for Jews. And it's, you know, it goes back to KKK days. It wasn't just blacks, it was Jews. You know, Charlottesville, Jews will not replace us was the chant. Absolutely. Um, what do you make of this as, you know, within the Christian community, you're outside of it. You know, how do you see this on the right? Very complicated. You know, I want to give credit for, to the Catholic Church, which came out in 1965 with a document called Nostra Tate which recognized Christian anti-Semitism, said Jews were not responsible for deicide, for the killing of Jesus, and acknowledged Jews as a religious tradition. So that really helped create that relationship. And AJC had a lot to do with Nostra Dei So we're very proud of that document and the work we did with the Catholic community in order to bring that about. Um, you know, philo-Semitism, this idea of loving Jews, romanticizing Jews, is very quickly turned to anti-Semitism, um, very quickly. And we have seen that as Jews. And so the Jewish community, at least from my perspective, we want to be cared about because we are human beings, not because of the end of time and messianic ideology. We want Israel to be recognized and to be protected because it should be as every other country in the United Nations and every country in the world should be recognized and protected. Again, could be criticized, but not say, well, I don't agree with this, so thus it doesn't have a right to exist. And so... You know, I think a lot of people were shocked by what happened at Charlottesville because that really was the beginning of seeing all of this. But for those in the Jewish community, and I'm a Jewish advocate, we were not shocked by this. And there was a lot of rhetoric coming from above, a lot of philo-Semitism coming from above. I'm trying to be nonpartisan here, but a lot of philo-Semitism coming from above that, you know, um, really encouraged that type of rhetoric. And if it didn't encourage it, it did absolutely nothing to shut it down. And so this idea of Jews will not replace us, I mean, that's these old anti-Semitic canards. It's, I mean, yes, it was shocking to see, but unfortunately, there was so much build up to that. Um, and it reminded the Jewish community how much they need to build allies with other faith communities and ethnic communities, because, you know, in a lot of ways, the Jews are just the canary in the coal mine. If they're coming for our synagogues, they will be coming for the mosques, the gurdwaras, the black churches, etc., and so that's why just building that allyship, um, and that's what we do at AJC is build that community, not because we are fearful of what's going to happen to us or we need, but it's, you know, just as human beings, that Jewish tradition of taking care of each other, it is really, really important. The best thing that the right could see is for discordant communities of not working with each other. We're only more powerful by working in strength and having allyship with each other. Well, and I think it's interesting that there is common cause to be made among conservative Christians and the Jewish community over the kind of anti-Semitism that we started talking about from the left that is really out of control. And, you know, and I would like to point out that it's the far left, um, just as it is the far right. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's really important to point that out because it's definitely not just those on the left or those on the right, conservatives or liberals, you know, the far fringes of both communities. Well, you also have a foot firmly planted in academia, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's horrible and, uh, in academia. You know, I mean, my son reported he went to one of the UC campuses. He was at UC San Diego, 
and he reported violence against Jewish students while he was there on campus. So, you know, it's there. It's definitely not 1930s Nazi Germany, and it's very important that we recognize that. I want, you know, Jewish parents to feel safe knowing that their children are going to campuses. If they're wearing a kippah, head, you know, um, the yarmulke that Jewish men wear, they're not being attacked, etc. But yes, it is, and a lot of campuses are very inhospitable to, I don't want to say Jewish students, um, from the left, the left sees it not as if you're Jewish, but if you believe in Israel's right to exist, if you're a Zionist. And that's where a lot of the hostility comes from. We at AJC are really working on college campuses appropriating the IRA definition of anti-Semitism. IRA stands for the International Holocaust Remembrance Accordance Definition of Anti-Semitism. What IRA states is that anti-Semitism is not just a swastika on a Jewish fraternity, which most people assume that's what it is, but it is also, again, the demonization, the delegitimization, and the double standards applied to Israel, and the bullying of students who believe in Israel's right to exist, because that is what's happening a lot. And it's not just bullying from students, but bullying from also college professors and TAs if they find out the students are Zionists, whatever that means to them, because Zionism means believing in the existence of the state of Israel, but Zionism doesn't also discount believing that Palestinians can have a separate state. So, but just the idea of recognizing Israel's right to exist has put a lot of students in really uncomfortable situations, and that is not fair. So one of the things I do is I do go to college campuses and I speak with university professors, deans, etc., and make them aware of the anti-Semitism that comes out of anti-Israel ideology. And again, we always say, of course, this is free speech. You could criticize it, but when it comes to bullying and when it comes to applying these anti-Semitic age-old trope, you know, controlling the world, this and that, and you're applying it to students or to their belief that Israel has a right to exist or if they visited Israel as a Jew and thus they're not allowed to be on student body president, which we have seen on college campuses, that's when it becomes anti-Semitic. Wow. And we're very happy to say college campuses are beginning to recognize the significance of appropriating the IRA definition of anti-Semitism. That is a lot for our listeners to think about. We've been talking today with Dr. Saba Sumech, Associate Director of the American Jewish Committee here in Los Angeles about anti-Semitism. Thank you so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. It's a pleasure. And as we close, just remind our listeners again, this has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.